Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome to the Lardcast. Yes, welcome to the Lardcast. This is episode 129. I know, I can't believe it. Even when I say it out loud, I have to, I've just, it just kind of brings me joy. 129 conversations available right here, the Lardcast. And in that span of 129 conversations, I believe this is the very first time that I've ever hosted by myself. Yes all by myself. Just me, Russ, your host today. Gave Tony a week off. For those of you who've been asking, Jameson will be joining us soon um, in our series on Galatians. But this week, just wanted to hit a pause button because I had a few things that I just wanted to share with you. A few things. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and list them just so that we're just clear right, right out of the gate, right up front. Number one, the weekend. And yes, I do have some notes to just kind of help me follow along so I don't chase rabbits and start to dive into like the 100 things that I probably really want to talk about. But instead, three things. Number one, the weekend. Number two, the opposite is true. And for the third category, let's um, let's call it, um, they are called scandal mongers. Yes, scandal mongers. Isn't that a fun word? Like you have to kind of smile when you say it, even if you're sitting by yourself like me in a makeshift office in my home. They're called scandal mongers. Yeah. So here we go. Let's dive in. This weekend was a fun weekend. It was, there's a point to this conversation, by the way. Like there's something meaningful here. But just to get started, again, backing up, the weekend was meaningful. It was simple. It was made up of like mundane, everyday little things like uh, going to the gym and working in the yard and working on my truck and playing soccer with my little dude and going on a date with my wife. But there was this sort of surreal joy that I found as I was hanging out at the gym and just meeting various people. I drive an old classic truck and it's a uh, it's, it's painted with this pretty dope orange color that my pops picked out when he started redoing it like 15 years ago. And um, it just draws a lot of attention, lots of conversations. And so I have been able to meet a number of new people just going to the gym, driving this truck, people of all walks of life in so many conversations about life and family and Jesus and working out and politics and just all these various new friendships that have happened just brought me a lot of joy this weekend. And then Chris and I got to go down to Naples and make a list of all the restaurants that we'd love to see in the future. We went to our favorite spot and uh, got a couple of drinks and some some healthy food like like uh, tapas, you know, like fried cheese curds and pig ears. And of course, we balanced it out with some healthy things like uh, like Brussels sprouts cooked in sausage and bacon. Yes, these glorious things that make up that make up this thing we call life. But we got a chance to meet this guy named Mike. Shout out to him, professional voice actor and all these wild stories and being a tennis pro. And we just really found ourselves like laughing in these conversations. 
and just connecting with people. And then that led into Sunday and I took my little dude to get a pub sub. If you're new to that game, come to Florida, go to Publix, get you a, an Italian sandwich, a, a true pub sub. You'll, uh, you'll be happy. Tell him Russ sent you. But he felt like such a big dude because he said, bad, I finally got like a big boy sandwich like this. This is for real. And we went down to the to the water by the house and him and I and Chris are just sitting there eating. And some of the conversations that Eli and I had uh, at the grocery store, I just found myself just sort of chuckling, you know, just the joy of this, these simple things over the weekend. And just reminded me that uh, that the lark of grace leads to life on a lark. The lark of grace leads to life on a lark. And if you're new to this whole ancient word of lark, let me let me explain this. You see, once upon a time, the pursuit of the ideal self in society allowed institutions to banish those who stood in the way of this desired status. Okay. So as a result, the poor uh, the orphaned, those with a criminal background were banished. They were banished, like literally sentenced to a life of service on English ships. Let's just get rid of them because they're standing in the way of this imagined status of who we are. Due to the endless uh, demands and the dangers of a life at sea, these social outcasts found solace in the sight of birds, okay? which was a sign that land is near, safety is near. But although that the sight of, of any bird was welcomed, not all were enjoyed, all right? Because, you know, most birds were noisy and demanding, unlike the larks who asked for nothing, okay? And instead would sing these beautiful, beautiful songs, not while they're perched like most birds, but as they would free fall through the sky for no other reason, scientists say, other than apparently it's just for the pure fun of it, right? So captivated like by the, like the bird's carefree spirit, the sailors began to associate larks with their own desire for liberation. And before long, the word lark became a reference to anything done out of playful, uninhibited freedom. I first discovered the word uh, through the writings of the old theologians. Um, exposing the myth of the religious God who was waiting on you and I to achieve some imagined self in society. Robert Capon unveiled the God who already single-handedly united himself to all of us through his son. In his words, this act of grace is not a reward for hard work or good behavior. Instead, it is a lark, a joke, a hilarious act of inequitable generosity. It is, in a word, a gift that has set you free. I love that. I love that. There is the word lark. And I guess that's why over the weekend I just found myself going, man, when you really start to trust in the lark of grace, it leads to life on a lark. Like, like in other words, when you start to see the uninhibited freedom that God had in which he went about uniting himself to us all by himself. That to see that, to trust that is what really invites you into go live into that freedom yourself. Like faith becomes an adventure. <laughs> it, life, it becomes this spontaneous life with Jesus filled up with 
random conversations with new friends and the celebration uh, with old friends and the enjoyment of pub subs with a six-year-old by the water. Uh, you can keep going with the list. But the long story short is like, man, that's, that's freedom. That's, that's what it looks like to, to let go of just this need to constantly achieve and instead just start to enjoy. And I guess that's perhaps maybe the reason why we've been so stoked about the Galatian series that we've been in on this podcast, which sort of brings me to the second thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, <laughs> it seems that as we've been going through this book, what we're finding is that uh, what we often, or I guess you could say where we often believe freedom lies, is actually contrary to what we've been told. In other words, the opposite is true. The opposite is true. You see, in the time of the Apostle Paul, the religious crowd shrouded the truth of our liberation, okay? Shrouded the truth of our freedom, shrouded this 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 revelation of the lark of grace, right? Under the banner that Jesus makes our keeping the law possible, okay? Thus helping us become someone God desires and can use for the sake of the world. And as you fast forward to today, you find that this letter, Galatians, is probably, and I've said this a lot on the podcast, it's probably the most relevant book today of, of any book in the New Testament, because the freedom that Jesus gave is still today often buried underneath the popular idea that Jesus came as a rabbi to help us become someone God desires and can use for the sake of the world. In short, it's just another way to go about doing what the Galatians were doing. All right. One of the things that, uh, one of the things that you'll hear a lot, and I've been noticing in just in, in reading and in conversations is, um, listen, people, the people in Jesus's day referred to him as a rabbi more than anything else. So we should take a cue from this and look to this and begin to pursue and practice something in light of this, to which I understand, just to be clear, okay, after years as a carpenter, Jesus began teaching about the kingdom of God. So the term is a safe assumption, right? It's a safe assumption. There's just one problem. Rabbis don't get thrown out of the synagogue for telling people that they are the very one that the scriptures are pointing to. Rabbis don't teach in parables to hide the secret to the kingdom of God, much less announce that the kingdom of God is at hand in their very standing there, okay, in your presence, as you see, like in Mark 1. Rabbis don't intentionally break Sabbath commandments in front of the religious leaders, recruit dropouts, eat with crooks, or die like a common criminal. But saviors do. And therein, I feel like, lies the vast difference between what people refer to Jesus as and who Jesus declared himself to be. You see, thinking the problem with humanity is distance from God caused by disobedience. The people of Jesus' day, were they were, they were looking for a, a miracle-working Messiah who would come and make the world right through right living. 
They're not looking for a lowly carpenter who's going to die on a cross. So in their minds, the law of God is something that we should and can and will keep with the right example to follow and the right practices to walk in. So that's why they thought they needed a better rabbi to be with and become like. But it's also why they made the devastating assumption that they needed to become capable of doing what Jesus did. You see, with any unfiltered look at what Jesus said, or any undiluted reflection about human ability, another good example to follow from a rabbi seems to be the last thing on God's agenda. So when Jesus shows up, he announces that, and it just hear me again when I say that, when Jesus shows up, he announces, okay, he announces that he's the son of man 81 times. 81 times. It's a term of deity. Deity, okay? Jesus said that he is the way versus a way to emulate in John 6. He said that he is life itself versus a means to life. He says that he is the embodiment of truth in the flesh. He is the God who came to give his own life as a ransom to set the captives free from their delusional idea of who God is and what it actually means to be human. So when they saw Jesus, they didn't see a rabbi to imitate, but the father himself where no one was prepared to find him doing what no one was prepared to understand that he would possibly be doing. In other words, they saw Jesus. They saw the image of the invisible God. Okay. As Colossians one says, the God in the flesh who single-handedly reconciled all things in heaven and on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is very, 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 very different than a rabbi showing up. You see, rabbis, uh, like guides, say, go that way. A savior says, you can't, so let me go that way for you. A rabbi, uh, like a good example, says, here's how you obtain and maintain your union with God. A savior says, let me save you from the exhausting madness of thinking that you can somehow walk in a righteousness of your own. Now, when you hear that, you may quietly rejoice as you think about your spiritual resume, especially since it would include uh, your every thought and even like unrevealed motives. But due to the spirit of control that runs in your veins, you, just to be clear, like me, right, might find yourself pushing back on an indiscriminate grace that has no interest in your efforts. It has no interest in your resume. It's not asking you to bring anything to the table. You see, you could you could push back on that. I know I have and still wrestle with at times. Because that's that seems to be where like the old Adam that's in us grasps for control. And it starts asking, but didn't Jesus, but didn't Jesus tell a handful of these ragamuffins to follow me and I will make you fishers of men in Matthew 4? And the answer is yeah. Yeah, he did. But since these men all failed to see who Jesus really was, um, since they all failed to understand Jesus's mission, since they all abandoned him when he carried out that mission on a cross, and since they were still all clueless about the kingdom 
even after he had spent 40 days teaching them about the kingdom after his resurrection, I think it's safe to say that being fishers of men is being what he called them in Acts 1.8, witnesses. Yeah, that's what he called us, witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. You see, witnesses don't make a case by doing something. Witnesses are not judges or jurors who need to qualify themselves. Witnesses are simply flawed and frail and foolish people who tell the story of what they know to be true about someone else. That story is that Jesus is our very union with God, the one who died our death and now is our very resurrection and life as it tells us in John 17 or chapter 11 or 2 Corinthians 5, Colossians 3, like just so many things that we've seen in the scriptures. In Jesus's words, the will of the Father is not that you become like him. Jesus says the will of the Father is that you believe in the one in whom he sent, the one in whom he sent. So to trust him, despite what you see or struggle with, is the life of faith that you've been given, okay? It is in living in that dependence on him that you are free, finally free, to no longer have to be anything in or of yourself. And thank God, right? Right? Like, thank God. God, that this is the story, that the opposite is actually true. The opposite is true. The only freedom that we will ever know, the only freedom, the only permanent freedom this world will ever know, the only freedom that you and I will never have to run down, okay, is actually free. Yeah, it's free. For freedom, Christ set us free. Galatians 5.1. This is past tense. It's done. To, to trust the Savior, to trust in him despite what we see or struggle with. Okay? To live in that dependence upon him, to trust him, is to be free. That's where it's found. And I just love that. It it's it 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 <laughs> It's something that brings me to the last thing that I that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, which I said earlier at the beginning of this podcast. They are called scandal mongers, scandal mongers. Yes, what again? What a fun word to say! By definition, um, a scandal monger is someone who spreads a scandalous rumor. And from all my years in this wacky world that we call ministry, I haven't found a better word to describe what a witness of Jesus is than a scandal monger. And I found myself thinking about it, going back to what I said earlier, over the weekend and all the fun, spontaneous conversations I had with, uh, with old and the making of new friends. In fact, I've thought about it a lot over the years. And I have found that I'm not alone in this. I've talked about this one time before in a video that I shot out, but I, I have discovered that I'm not alone in this. In a time where 
where most people have no interest in a church of any kind and will only give a listening ear to someone they personally know and trust. Those of us with a heart for others have found ourselves wondering, like, and where do I invest? Seriously, like, where, where do I make a difference? And after a decade-long search for answers, I can tell you that the one truth that has just consistently emerged in every place and among every tribe, all right, is that people learn to live free in ongoing conversations with the free. In other words, people learn to live free in ongoing scandalous conversations with the free. Now, when I say like learn to live free, think of someone learning to rest in the scandal of who Jesus is, okay? Which I was just talking about as I was reflecting on some of our insights in Galatians and how the opposite is true. Think of someone learning to rest in the scandal of who Jesus is, okay? And where he is and where he's always been, instead of practicing religious rhythms to to be with and become like Jesus. Now, when I say ongoing scandalous conversations, think of the, the back and forth dialogue that patiently helps people sort through the fears that keep them from trusting in what Jesus has declared over what they feel or what others think. And when I say uh, with the free, okay, again, uh, conversations with the free. Think of people who have no church brand to build. I'm going to say that again. Think of people who have no church brand to build. People who are free to go be friends, who tell the truth about themselves so that fellow frail humans can belong and be honest and find healing in the one who's already united himself to them, just as they are right where they are. Now, if you're like me, uh, you probably know that these scandalous conversations are rare. They're rare. And the desperate need for them does not fit into what has been labeled as church. It just doesn't. It's sad, but it's true. So we've decided to move forward. Um, and I was going to announce this right at the beginning of the year, but just due to all the health scares and the big major transition in life with uh, with my oldest son that took place, all this sort of got put on the back burner. But um, I'm sharing it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sharing this now. I'm making it known. Um, we've decided to move forward as a, as a ministry just with this vision to empower a global movement of scandal mongers who help others live free through the ancient art of conversation. It's really just that simple. Now, from what I can tell, um, you won't find anyone daring enough to take this discovery, I guess you could say, to the bank. So I'm asking you to help us take it to the bank by providing the time and the travel that's needed to empower this movement. It's not something that we talk about a lot on the podcast. We love to just hop on here and, and just share just really just share this damn good news of Jesus and helping people grab onto it and all the facets of life. And we're going to continue to do that. But, but just in sharing sort of where some things are going and all of our discoveries, 
I want to invite you into it. I want to invite you in and not just come learn how to be a scandalmonger where you are, but but to even get behind empowering this so that more people can begin to live into that as well. So again, we're talking about um, stepping in to empower this movement um, by specifically providing the time and the travel that's needed to empower this work. And to that end, we thought, you know what, let's just get specific with it. Let's um let's do a few things this year. Why not? Let's let's have some fun and let's go ahead and turn our free one-to-one conversation platform. If you don't know about it, it's available. Go to larksite.com. You'll see let's talk right there in the menu. Um, that's a new conversation, free, one-to-one, confidential platform in which we invite anyone wherever you are to uh come let's talk let's let's dive into your story and begin exploring who jesus is in the middle of all that well this year we'd love to go ahead and turn this platform into a household name in fact more people have been asking can i join the team and become one of those conversationalists russ if people call in in boise idaho or from la or in philadelphia or in austin texas or you know Man, point them to me because one, I can get on the phone with them if that's what they like or a Zoom call. But man, if they want to like actually sit down and grab a beer or a cup of coffee and have a conversation and they're near me, I'll make the time. So I'm like, amen, let's do this. So there it is. One of our goals this year is to go ahead and turn that platform into a household name. Now, second, we're also going to host some national retreats, shindigs as I like to call them. Think uh, food and drink and laughter and conversation um, together with scandalmongers. So if this is you, if it's something you'd love to step into, we're going to be setting aside time to set some spots available. A couple places I'm thinking uh, this year, maybe do like East Coast, West Coast. And we're going to get together for a few days and have some fun and just really encourage each other. So again, this year, let's host some of these national retreats. We're going to do it. Third thing, we're going to add a new element to the podcast. Yes, Sarah Mazzara. Yes, the infamous Sarah uh, from St. Louis um, or near about St. Louis, who's got a really dope uh, tattoo shop there and does some really cool work. She's a conversationalist, if there ever was one, is going to be joining me. And we're going to start adding just a little element, probably just once a month going forward, uh, where we're going to be having people on who are finding and sharing freedom. Yes, people who are finding and sharing freedom. People from all walks of life, from stay-at-home moms with this really cool story. We've got college students who've called in, artists, musicians, filmmakers, politicians, writers, UPS drivers you name it. We're going to be capturing some of these stories because we just find that one, it's one of the best ways that we learn. And there's just so much solidarity that's found, so much encouragement that's found in uh, not just hearing someone's story, but even for the person who gets a chance to come and share that story. Well, we're going to be adding that, uh, adding that little element to the Larkcast going forward. And then lastly, if you come and join in with us in this movement, um, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and set out to uh, to bring the Lark Tour 
to 25 cities this year. I know it's already February. I am behind the ball again due to some things that have gone on within our family, but I'm going to make up for it and we're going to hit the road. We would love to uh, come and visit 25 cities where we can get together with people from backyards, dinner tables, local coffee shop. It could be a theater. It can be a local brewery. You name it. If you and your friends are kicking the tires of what life with Jesus looks like this oh, versus what's been handed to us in the name of following Jesus. We'd love to come hang out and grab a beer and laugh and have that conversation with you. So there it is. There's a list of a few tangible things that we are setting out to do and inviting you to come and empower these things, to empower the time and the travel that's needed to make these things happen. And Here's one big reason why. From what I can tell, if there's one thing that's just become more evident over the past decade than maybe anything else, is that it's the time that we spend with people, the time that we spend with people that scales. It's the time that we spend with people that scales. And it's when people do this with others that the church that Jesus actually began spreads through everyday people into everyday places. Yes. And the beauty of it is um, nothing, nothing can restrain this kind of movement. <laughs> nothing can restrain this kind of movement. So yeah, join us by giving today. Um, join us by signing up to become a scandalmonger. You'll see that link right there on our website. It's brand new. Drop us a line on there. Let us know who you are. Let's get into a conversation. How can we best help you be a scandalmonger right where you are? So there it is. You've got that link. You've got a Let's Talk link if you need to have a conversation. We even have the Give link where you can come join us by financially providing the means to make this dream a reality. Seriously, let's end the scarcity of scandalous news. The last thing the world needs is some more religious have-tos and how-tos. It, it, it really is. So visit our website and uh, be a part of the solution that's already in motion. Your support really does matter. Huge shout out to all of you out there who have been giving and making all of this, all of these things a reality for people all over the country and beyond. And um, yeah, there it is. There it is. I think I, I think I did it. I think I did it. The, uh, the weekend, the opposite is true, and they're called scandal mongers. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, episode 129 for the Larkcast. Love you. Appreciate you. Anything you need, reach out to us, larkside.com. Till then, cheers. Cheers.